Welcome in to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. We're the podcast for Vol Basketball fans everywhere. We bring you discussions, debates, and the latest news of the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Rutherford, and this isn't your typical edition of the podcast. I'm actually going to be joined by a special guest here to talk about Tennessee landing Auburn transfer Justin Powell over the weekend. I have Brian Stoltz on here with me in just a minute to cover what Justin Powell brings to Tennessee's roster, what Vol fans should expect. You know, The consensus seems to be that he is a, a good shooter. He's going to bring some scoring that Tennessee very desperately needed this past season um, and looks to bolster the roster next year. He only played uh, one season at Auburn, was a freshman last year. So he has multiple years of eligibility left. Uh, so he's not just a, a one-year <clears throat> quick fix type of guy. He's a guy who you would imagine would be in the on the roster for a couple of seasons at Tennessee. So I want to bring Brian on, who covers Auburn at Auburn Wire um, as part of the USA Today Network, to talk about Justin Powell and what he brings to Tennessee's roster and you know how serious his injury was that he had earlier this season. Does he think he'll be immediately eligible? Why did he transfer from Auburn? So talking about all of that. So hopefully you guys get a good sense of Justin Powell and the potential and you know what he brings to Tennessee's roster for next season and you know hopefully for the next couple years for Tennessee. Before we get into it though, I want to say thank you all for listening to all the previous episodes and again coming through with us to this rebranding of Vol Basketball Fever. Really appreciate you guys, uh, all the Vol fans out there. And if you're not a Vol fan and you listen, uh, again, really appreciate you too because you don't have a reason to listen. But if you're listening and you're not a Vol fan, uh, that extra appreciative of that. Thank you for all the interaction online. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at Vol Hoops Fever on Twitter or Vol Basketball Fever on Facebook. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts as well. And I believe we're probably on uh, some kind of Chrome extensions and things like that too because I think people have found us and listened to us on other means other than just those three main ones and the Podbean app as well. So give us a listen if you're new here. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you'll enjoy the breakdown of what Justin Powell brings to Tennessee basketball. And if you are if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends, your family, anyone else who's a Vol fan or likes college basketball, SEC basketball, uh, you know, please share it. Typically, I co-host the show with Gene Henley. He and I will do an episode later this week because we want to touch on all the coaching changes that have happened and also um, you know, give our thoughts on the addition of Justin Powell and, and kind of talk about that too. But Tennessee, again, over the weekend had, had some more coaching changes. And on Monday, Desmond Oliver was officially named the new head coach at ETSU, which I believe Gene and I talked a little bit about in the last podcast. We weren't entirely sure if that was going to happen, but it, it did seem like it was a, a possibility. It was made official on Monday. It was reported by, I, I cannot remember the news station, and I deeply apologize, um, but I know it was reported over the weekend a couple times by a, a news station, I want to say in eastern Tennessee somewhere, you know, maybe in, in Johnson City area, that Desmond Oliver, Tennessee assistant to Rick Barnes, was going to be named the head coach there. Now he officially has. So Rick Barnes had two vacancies to fill on his assistant coaching staff with Kim English leaving to take the head coaching job at George Mason. And as of Monday, one of those spots has been filled by Rod Clark, who coached at Austin P. This will only be, I think, his third, fourth year in uh, college basketball at, at Tennessee here now. But he also has, a, he's very young too, he's 28, but he also has a strong, I just never realized that dude is the same age I am. Holy cow. That is crazy to think about. 
uh, that I could be the AGM now and coaching at Tennessee as an assistant basketball coach. Anyway, uh, he has a strong record as a, a prep and AAU coach as well. He coached at Sunrise Christian Academy where Kennedy Chandler played this past year. He did not coach Kennedy Chandler because he, he coached there, I want to say, from 2017 to 2019. So he just missed, just missed coaching Kennedy Chandler at Sunrise Christian. But he coached there for a couple years. He also coached the Mocon Elite AAU uh, travel basketball team for the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League and Nike Peach Jam. And he actually did coach Kennedy Chandler there for a season. Um, he also coached guys like Enfali Dante and uh, several other guys who've made it into the college ranks and a few other guys who are now also in the NBA. Most notably, the Vol fans will probably know his name, Tyrese Maxey, um, who's in the NBA right now. And as we're recording this, we're about to see the national championship game in college basketball. He coached Timmy, the All-American player, All-American guard, forward, center, whatever, not guard, uh, forward, center for Gonzaga. He also coached him um, in the high school and uh, in travel ball ranks as well. So he coached at Austin P, and he coached at uh, UC Chicago, or UC, UC Illinois, excuse me, um, for a couple of seasons before now coming to Tennessee. So Barnes apparently likes that dynamic of having you know, a younger coach along with more veteran coaches on the staff, so I'll be very interested to see who he replaces um, the other vacancy with. But for now, it looks like Kim English, the younger coach on the staff, has been replaced with Rod Clark, another young coach, an even younger coach who is viewed as an up-and-coming type of guy in college basketball as well. So we'll we'll talk about all that later on this week. I want to mention it here first before we get into the interview with Brian. But again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, let me know what you think about the interview with Brian. I mean, if you have any questions that didn't get answered about Justin Powell um, in this podcast. But I'll go ahead and kick it off here to past me and Brian in my interview here with Brian Stoltz about Justin Powell. Uh, they transfer from Auburn, who's coming to Tennessee, what fall fans should expect from him. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, and joining me this time for a special interview here, our first interview on the new rebranded Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, is Brian Stoltz. He's the managing editor for the Auburn Wire, Auburn Wire, sorry, of USA Today. He's also an Auburn alum, and the reason I'm bringing on someone who is writing about Auburn sports is because Tennessee just landed Auburn transfer Justin Powell after one year at Auburn came in played 10 games for getting an injury Tennessee just landed him uh, out of the transfer portal over the weekend so I wanted to bring Brian on here to talk about him and what Vol fans can expect so Brian thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast absolutely thanks for having me yeah so I wanted to bring you on here because you know I've been a follower of yours for years I don't think we've actually ever met in person but I know you and I have talked different times on Twitter um, about Auburn sports in general so I want to bring you on because I, I trust your opinion on things and know you've Thanks. watched Bruce Pearl's Auburn basketball team and got to see you know Justin Powell up close and per- well I'm not sure about up close because of COVID and stuff but you know in theory up close and personal so I want to bring you on here um, and talk about that but before that you know let our, our listeners know kind of who you are where they can find you and stuff if they want to follow along for, you know, any other Auburn updates, anything, you know, keeping up with Bruce Pearl or anything like that, where they can find your work. Absolutely. Well, like you said, I'm an Auburn alum. I graduated in uh, 2013 from uh, journalism school here. And uh, you can catch me at auburnwire.usatoday.com or on Twitter at Brian J. Stultz. That's Brian J-S-T-U-L-T-Z. Um, you know, I'm down in Fort Myers right now. Uh, moved down here after the quarantine because of COVID from Manhattan. So I'm living the life as a, you know, early retiree kind of, but not really. But um, I'm playing a lot of golf and, you know, following Auburn sports and 
That's about it. You know, there's not much going on in my life besides that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it doesn't sound too bad, man. Um, yeah, again, I appreciate you coming on here. You can follow him on Twitter and, and go do that definitely if you like basketball or if you want to keep up with football too because he, he talks about a rating sport that's Auburn or just kind of SEC in general because Brian talks about all of it on there. Well, Brian, let's get right into the nitty-gritty here. Justin Powell, 6'6", freshman this past season for Auburn. I remember watching uh, – I didn't get to watch as much early games of Auburn as I did kind of later on once I got into SEC play, but I did get to see a little bit of the early season stuff, and I, I was very impressed – with some of the things I saw with Justin Powell against some of the, you know, not, not the greatest competition that Auburn played, but I did get to see him play against Memphis. Um, and I think I saw them play in one of his, the only two SEC games that he played uh, early on in the season. But I, I was very impressed with what he's doing, uh, playing in a, a, kind of a, every role that they need him for, averaging almost 12 points a game, six mm-hmm. rebounds, almost five assists, and, and shooting really well from the floor. But he did suffer an injury, I, I believe, you can you know, clarify this. I think it was a concussion, but I, I want to ask you first about that before you get into you know stats and all this stuff. But how serious was that injury to Powell? What, was it a case of it kind of bothering the rest of the season, or did he just sit out to kind of preserve his health? Because I remember when he got hurt, it was you know right, right around the time the SEC season was beginning. So was it a really serious injury? Was it one that he he suffered? Then he just kind of decided, hey, I'm going to take it a little easy here. Well, apparently it was really bad because he didn't leave his house for, or what I've been told is he didn't leave his apartment for quite a while. He could barely go to class. He could, just couldn't handle the daylight of, uh, from that concussion and having the daylight in his face and things like that. And, you know, he wasn't around his teammates for at least a month, month and a week or something like that. And, you know, Bruce Pearl, every week you say he's getting better, he's getting better, he's getting better. But... At no time, I don't think he was ready to play. I, I don't think he ever practiced again. Uh, I think the concussion was, you know, it happened on January 2nd against Texas A&M, and we didn't see him again in an Auburn uniform. So, you know, if it was that serious, I hope that, you know, things would come around for the kid. Uh, he seems like a good kid. And, you know, uh, a lot of people were after him after he entered transfer portal, and Tennessee's got a good one, and they're lucky to have him, I think. And, you know, so, you know, if he can recover from this concussion and this head injury that he suffered that, you know, kept him out for the rest of the season, I think it'll be very productive for Tennessee next year. Yeah, it's good to know. Good to, to shed some light on that, I guess, maybe maybe not shedding light on his situation there necessarily. But I, I appreciate the info because I hadn't really heard, you know, much about his injury and, and how, to, how severe it really was. Um, yeah. So just until so you, you, you tell me really there. So that, that's good to know. And like you said, hopefully he does recover from that and is fine to go. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have any kind of long lasting effects or anything like that. Cause mm-hmm. concussions are not anything to mess around with in any sport or just any, you know, walk of life period. So um, it, it's in terms of him transferring again, before we get to kind of some, of his on court stuff here, what do you believe the reasoning was for his transfer? Cause I, I, if he said it, I didn't see it. Or if it was said, I didn't see it, but do you have a, a reason why you think he transferred from all right? Was it, you know, I don't imagine it was playing time cause he was playing, playing a lot when he was healthy. So do you know what the reasoning was for him transferring? I really don't know. No one's really, really said about uh, what, why he transferred. Maybe he was unhappy. Uh, maybe the concussion has a part to do with it. Um, you know, excuse me. Auburn is bringing in some uh, talented guards, including a uh, five-star, or I'm sorry, uh, College of Charleston transfer Zeb Jasper this year. And, you know, uh, maybe he saw his playing time going down. I doubt it would because he was so productive early in the season. But, you know, when you sit out a, a good two months and have an injury like that, 
you're going to fall behind a little bit. And, you know, maybe you saw his chances slimming down at Auburn and, you know, wanted a fresh new start at somewhere where he didn't have memories of a concussion and didn't have memories of having to, you know, living basically in his dorm or his apartment and, you know, things like that. So, you know, a fresh new start always helps uh, some people. So uh, we'll see. I, I, But as far as a reason, it's no one, no reasons ever been given specifically for his transfer. Okay, interesting. I, I didn't know if there was any, you know, behind the scenes stuff or anything like that that I just hadn't heard about or not. So, okay, well, that, that you know, kind of a foggy situation. I guess maybe it's one of those things we'll never know exactly why unless someone comes out and says, uh, says why here in the, the, exactly. the next few years or so. Um, to get to some actual on the on the court stuff here about Justin Powell, you know, looking at his game logs, you know, I, I didn't get to watch, like I said, I watched a little bit of Auburn early season. Uh, I think I, f- I feel like I watched more of their stuff as the season went along more than I did kind of stuff in, in November and December with them. But, you know, came out and had a really good debut against uh, St. Joseph, 17 points in that game, 3 of 5 shooting, 7 rebounds as well, and dropped 26 against Memphis. Uh, back-to-back games, he had 26 points against South Alabama and Memphis and almost had a double-double um, in both those games, really. Uh, 9 course, assists yeah. against uh, South Alabama, 8 rebounds against Memphis. But then you, you look at what he did against, you know, kind of the, the top teams, or I guess the, the top team they played against Gonzaga and what he did in SEC play. Mm-hmm. And it was 7 points against Gonzaga, Four against Arkansas, two against A and M. He did make a three in his two SEC games. Um, he was one of three from three against Gonzaga. Overall, I think he was like four of twenty-one or something like that, or four of something like four of twenty-something in those three games. So my question to you is: is you know should that be a, a concern for Vol fans? Because I think Vol fans are looking at this this transfer as: hey, this is a guy who you know Tennessee needs a scoring threat. You needs more offense on the team. You need guys who can shoot well from three. And you look just as base stats. He was a 44% three-point mm. shooter, you know, this season overall. But then, like I said, it's 0 for 6 combined from three in the two SEC games, one for three against Gonzaga. Uh, he scored high, but against teams like St. Joseph, South Alabama, Memphis, Texas Southern. Um, I guess that bunch state almost got a, a you know a double double there too. Is, is that a concern? You know, should that be a concern for Vol fans, or is there is a a deeper reason behind you know just the box score of those games of why he didn't shoot well? And I you know. I also look at what he did as a rebounding guy, as an assist mm-hmm. on, on defense, and I say, hey, you know, even if he's not scoring, I, I do notice that he's putting up stats in other areas too. I think his play against, like against Gonzaga, can be a concern, but you gotta you gotta recognize that it was a second game as a college player, and he was put in a situation where he was playing point guard, a position he's not used to because of Sharif Cooper being ineligible for reasons we still don't know. And um, Alan Flanagan just not get it done at the point guard position. Uh, he was, you know, more of a swing guard. And you know, Powell, for his credit, you know, didn't didn't complain about playing point guard. He took on the responsibility against UCF, against Zaga, and you know, for on now, until his injury. And uh, you know, you look at his stats against Memphis, and you know, Memphis was an NIT winner, and that's not that big of a deal. But they were still a good team, and. You know, that was a pretty good win for Auburn, and he had a pretty big game. But I think the, the one thing you got to look at is he's only played 10 games in his uh, college career. So the guys, you know, what his uh, max skill is hasn't nearly been reached yet. We had a um, good two games there with 26 points apiece against uh, South Carolina, Alabama and Memphis. But, you know, that's five games into his college career, and 
defenses kind of like figured them out. And with no one else really that could shoot the three for Auburn, you know, they have players that can shoot, but no one was really making it at that time except Powell. I think defense is really uh, focused on him. And, you know, with Tennessee, with their talent around that he'll have around him, I think it will be no problem. Yeah, and, and I also look at, you know, I mean, Gonzaga's Gonzaga. They're, they're undefeated. You know, as we're talking right now, they're going to be playing here in just a couple hours for the national title. So, you know, take with a grain of salt, like you said, second game of his entire career there. Uh, Memphis actually ended up, according to Ken Palm, with the best adjusted defense in the country. So, again, he scored 27 points against a team that was considered one of the best adjusted mm-hmm. defenses in the entire country. Um, and I look at some of the other stats. I think A&M had a, a very good defense, even though or was it yeah. I think uh, Arkansas, excuse me, Arkansas had a very good defense um, yes. in SEC play. They were, they were top 15 in the country and I think top three in the SEC in adjusted defense. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like if I'm looking at the numbers correctly here on Ken Palm, they were number three um, in adjusted defense. And that, so, yeah, I mean, again, I, I look at, yes, his shooting wasn't great in those games, but then I also look at the fact that he had at least four rebounds in every single game he played. Granted, he only played 10 games, but that's still averaging getting at least four rebounds in 10 games yeah. that's for a 10 game stretch is very impressive he had he had a lot of really good assist numbers he had at least one steal in almost every game he played in that's another question i was going to ask you too is, is defensively what is he like because I, I look at him and just his frame as a 66205 guy and he reminds me of his frame wise i'm not sure about athleticism and stuff like that but he reminds me a little bit of what a guy like tennessee has around the roster and josiah jordan james who can guard mm-hmm. multiple positions because he's 6'6 and about 2'10, 215 and is athletic and he can guard, you know, the one through four essentially. So what what does Powell bring as a defender? Is he more of a guy who's a very opportunistic defender? Is he a guy who, who can guard multiple positions? What, what did you notice from him in his 10 games this year? I, I, think, I think you have to put him in the right matchup. Uh, he's not going to be able to guard, you know, somebody like Jalen Suggs in a game against Gonzaga. He's not going to be able to guard guys like that. Uh, they're quicker than he is. Um, cause he's, you know, he's, he's quick, but he can't keep up with those guys. And as far as, you know, I mean, he's on, I would say he's a mediocre defender right now. Uh, he, you know, once again, he's young, he's only a freshman, 10 games, you know, still has a lot to learn, was kind of pushed. No one really expected him to play that much at the beginning of the season, but because of opportunities and situations with the Auburn team, he was kind of pressed into this role and, you know, he held his own. You talk about the game against Arkansas. Sure, he had seven turnovers, but he was playing against a a, playing a position that he's not used to, carrying out the ball against this team that presses. And he still had nine assists, you know, he only had four points, but he brought his energy and stuff like that with six steals and two, I mean, six uh, rebounds and two steals. So, you know, he, he never gives up. He's not the best defender right now. He never, get, but he get, never gives up, and that's the one thing you can actually say about the kid. And is that uh, he posted puts it all on the floor every night. So you can you can count on that when he's in a Tennessee uniform. Another question I was going to ask is is looking at his shooting percentages. Um, he shot forty three percent overall from the field this year and forty four percent from three. Um, I, I was going to say is is that was that more of a byproduct of some of the teams that Auburn played? But then I look at his Auburn profile and look at his, his high school numbers and stuff. And he's a guy who's the number one. Actually, I'll ask you a little bit here about Kentucky in a second. But he was rated as the number one player in the state of Kentucky by ESPN. Um, and I think the number two on 247. But he averaged almost 25 and nine in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Shot 59% from the floor there. And then when you look at what he did uh, in, in the Nike Elite Youth Basketball League circuit, averaged 13 points there. 
50% from the floor and shot 55% from three in, in yeah. that, you know, against some really good, uh, talented teams in that uh, EYBL circuit. So I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't just a byproduct of the teams he played, you know, Auburn, Auburn played. I, I, I think just from looking at that alone, I, I think Vol fans can rest assured this guy actually is a pretty good, consistent shooter based off of what you've seen in high school and what we saw in college. Did that stack up from when you got to watch the games? Oh, absolutely. I think he's one of the best pure shooters I've seen. Uh, just from the release, how quick he gets it off, uh, that's Auburn had in a while. Um, you know, not not putting him on the same level as maybe Bryce Brown or Jared Harper or um, uh, Samir Dowdy or somebody like that, just because he didn't get enough experience. But, I mean, it, the, the stroke is smooth. I just think him playing in that position where he was the provider of the ball, not the receiver of the ball most of the time in that offense because he's playing point guard. You know, he didn't get the chances that he would in a normal offense to get, come off screens, get screens set for him, and uh, get open for a, a three-pointer or, you know, a long two because, you know, he was the one running the offense and other players, you know, were the ones getting the ball and shooting most of the time. That's good to know. Like I said, that, that was – Tennessee's biggest issue this past year. Well, I think that and, and you know a lack of having a, a decent post presence, uh, especially I think on defense. That was I mean you had Epons who could block shots, but mm-hmm. having an actual big guy who could defend in the paint was kind of an issue too. But then having consistent scoring on the perimeter and having good just pure shooters that could play in a role uh, that was a big issue for Tennessee. And it's good to hear that your Tennessee's sake that it seems like Justin Powell has. Uh, has that shooting touch that Tennessee has lacked the past couple of seasons. What one yeah. thing go ahead. He's definitely one of the best fear shooters, I think, in in that class uh last year. So, you know, once he gets the opportunities and once he gets a little strength and learns the offense that Rick Barnes runs and, you know, he can get those screens set for him, he'll be uh quite a weapon for the balls. Nice. Yeah. Again, I'm sure Vol fans are very happy to hear that. Uh, one of the things I consistently saw when he was in the transfer portal and when he committed to Tennessee was that I think from a couple different fans I saw this this comment was that Powell played out of position for basically the whole you know 10 mm-hmm. games that he was playing with Auburn this year was that the case and, and if so what position do you think he would thrive the most in oh he played point guard the entire time because Cooper was out mm-hmm. and you know the other point guard Jamal Johnson which is not getting the job done um at the at the first 10 games of the season and you know, he stepped in that role, and I think he's more of a shooting guard. I mean, that's that's he's not a forward. I don't think so. I think he's too small uh, for that position. But a shooting guard is, is, I think, is the best position for him. And you know, that's where he can take the opportunities of uh, getting open and you know, draining some threes. So you definitely see him more as a two, not as a three, or not like, not like a two-three hybrid or anything like that. I see him as a two. Yes. Okay. So is it again? He's obviously very good shooting. Was he a guy who also would attack the basket and, and, and you know, cut to the basket? Or is he more of a guy who's a spot-up shooter? What exactly is his, his style as an offensive player? He could player? get to the basket when he needed to. Okay. Uh, it was actually impressive to see against, I think it was against St. Joe's and again against uh, uh, Gonzaga a couple of times got to the basket. But, you know, in those games that you against uh, Memphis, against a pretty – lengthy team he was able to get to the basket and that's one of the strengths I think he had that opposing defenses started taking away because uh they knew that once he got to the basket somebody else would be open for Auburn you know whether it be Alan Flanagan or Devin Cambridge or somebody like that who could knock down the three so uh they kind of cut it down his path and that kind of cut into his offense 
So I, I mentioned this earlier, and I come back to it briefly here. Powell was considered one of the top prospects in the state of Kentucky coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Granted, Kentucky is not like a, a a big you know factory in producing high school talent in, in going into college, but still, you'd imagine that being one of the top two, you know, considered one of the top two players in that state, mm-hmm. that Kentucky would you know look at them. Well, that wasn't the case coming out of high school, and then you have the the reports. I think from maybe it's Matt Jones or it was somebody talking about how he didn't even get offered in the transfer portal this time, even though he already had a, a pretty solid freshman year that Kentucky favored uh, the, I think it was, was it Dayton? Uh, God, Davidson. Hoover, Hoover was the, the kid who, that, you know, Dayton or Davidson, whichever college they got him from. They favored yeah. him over Powell. I would imagine Vol fans would like to hear that because it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way Chris Lofton had uh-huh. a chip on his shoulder whenever he played Kentucky. I, I'd imagine Vol fans I, I would be happy to hear that Justin Powell likely has a, a chip on his shoulder back you know with Kentucky was that ever brought up with him what he his one year at Auburn or was that you know did you ever talk to him very much at all I don't think it was because he never faced Kentucky mm-hmm. um I think the week before he got injured or the week after he got injured was uh the ma- first matchup against Kentucky and I know ah. that a lot of fans were looking forward to seeing what he would do considering you know he's from you know, the western side. I actually grew up in northeastern Kentucky, so I can speak a little bit about growing up in Kentucky. And, you know, every kid pretty much dreams about playing for the Wildcats. But, you know, when they don't offer you, uh, you know, that has to be a, you know, big hit to the heart. And I would love to see what he could have done, especially going into Rupp Arena and where he's played before in the state tournament and see what he could have, you know, done as far as taking revenge on Coach Calipari and the entire coaching staff for not offering him and showing that he's, just as good or if not better than the guys on that Kentucky team this year. So it's a shame that he got hurt, but um, I think that will still be a major, major chip on his shoulder going into the matchup against Kentucky because of um, them once again, not offering him and not spending much time, you know, recruiting him. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest uh, complaints that Kentucky fans have now is that they're not getting the kids from Kentucky. that are worthy of a scholarship and, you know, some of the criticisms that Calipari's taken. And, you know, if, if they would have offered him and he would have went, a lot of that would have went away. But now that he's at Tennessee, I think, you know, he's going to play with an extra, extra motivation in those games against the Wildcats. Yeah. And again, Vol fans will not, would not hate to hear that. They'll be very happy to hear that he, he probably does not like Kentucky one bit, and it, just like Vol fans don't. Yeah, you're looking at, you know, when he got hurt and stuff. Uh, the last game he played was on January 2nd against A&M, and then they play Kentucky uh, literally two weeks later on January 16th. So he, he was just a couple weeks away from being able to play, you know, not in Rupp Arena, because that one, I guess, was in Auburn, but then Rupp Arena was yeah, uh, a month fair. later on February 13th. But yeah, that just that's really unfortunate timing. I didn't realize it was that close to um, when Auburn played Kentucky. I want to ask you some Auburn questions here in a second, but I want to kind of wrap it up here a little bit with some a couple more Justin Powell stuff here for you know Vol fans who are very interested in what he can bring. Looking off the court, what kind of person is he off the court? Again, like I don't know how much you'll get to really talk to him because I don't know you know what Auburn does in far in terms of having freshmen available and stuff. But from what you you know, if you get talk to him, for what you know about him and stuff, what kind of person is he off the court? What kind of guy should Vol fans expect to see in interviews in the community? You know, on the team. You know, what is he like as a as a person? I've heard the only thing I've heard is that he's a great guy. Uh, we didn't get to really talk to him much because of uh, one being a freshman and two just I mean 10 games is just not that much opportunity to talk to a player and get to know them mm-hmm. uh, especially when he's kind of locked down after the concussion and he's nowhere to be seen and you know from all I've heard though is he's a good kid you know 
he does things right. He gets his, you know, goes to class, gets good grades, things like that. And, um, you know, I've never heard any problems about him, even during the transfer portal situation. And no one's ever really came out and said anything bad about the kid. Um, you know, whether it be a coach or, you know, a booster or, you know, how things work with an SEC team. But, um, you know, I've, I've only heard good things about the kid. And, you know, I feel like if he would have gone to Kentucky, there might be some bad ill, but bad will toward him. But and I think everyone, you know, from Auburn is kind of rooting for the kid to, you know, recover, first of all, and then get back on the court and do his thing, except when um, Tennessee plays Auburn. Yeah, no, I think that'll that'll be interesting because there's there's obviously been a, a big um, rivalry now the past few years with Tennessee and Auburn because of Bruce Pearl being the head coach there mm-hmm. and Vol fans desperately wanting to see Tennessee beat Bruce Pearl yeah, and it cool. not happening because Bruce Pearl has just owned Tennessee the last few years. So this this added yet another again a, another dimension to what is already a, a very intriguing kind of rivalry here for the last few years because now you're going to have a, a former player of Auburn on Tennessee staff which or roster which I don't recall happening any time in the past or maybe any time ever I can't yeah I can't think of anything like that or even or a Tennessee player transferring to Auburn at least not in basketball it's happened in football um, mm-hmm. a few different times but I, I can't imagine it I can't recall it happening in basketball um, a, a question here that we got from Twitter I, I put out some a question on Twitter at Vol Hoops Fever and also from my own personal account to ask if, if any listeners wanted to ask any questions to you, Brian? And one from Sweet Tennessee that is at CLH0206 said, not really a question for or about Justin, or not really, you know, kind of about his play or anything like that, but he was wondering what the eligibility could be um, about Justin Powell because right now, you know, the NCAA still hasn't passed the one time transfer rules, expected they're going to, but they have delayed it already a couple of times at this point. So you do wonder, hey, what if they delay it again here? And you also have the, the added little bonus here of Justin Powell being an interconference transfer where he's a guy who is going from one SEC school to the next. So Brian, I, I don't know if you have any insight on that. Is there, you know, would it just be a case of if the one-time transfer rule is passed is, do you imagine that that would be, you know, a non-issue or is it because, you know, he's going from one SEC to another that it might kind of change things or because Auburn is kind of in some hot water right now, does mm-hmm. that also kind of free him up? So I, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, what kind of, what could Justin Powell's eligibility be at Tennessee? I just don't see anything holding him back from playing next year. Uh, just because of the NC, how the transfer portal works right now and with the COVID cases and, you know, guys getting a free year of eligibility and uh, the one-time transfer, you know, if it, it comes to pass. But I just don't see how uh, NCAA, you know, they could do anything they want, obviously. I mean, we've seen that before. But, you know, I don't see anything holding him back from uh, even being an interconference uh, transfer. I just don't see anything holding him back from, you know, putting on a uniform for Tennessee next year and playing. I, I, don't, know the, I don't know the inside info on that. But, you know, from my feeling and from my the history of players transferring – Especially this year, I just don't see how uh, the NCAA would roll him in eligible or have to sit out a year because of transfer. Okay, that's good to know. I, I, you know, I would expect most guys where they're tra- you know transferring in and out Tennessee or whatever. Most guys across the country will be eligible, um, especially if that one time transfer rule happens. I imagine that'll be the case. But mm-hmm. I, I do think there will definitely be outstanding circumstances. But I think you know ninety nine, ninety eight percent of the the guys who are transferring two different schools and stuff will be eligible for the upcoming season. And it's going to be you know, inter- interesting to see, to see how that plays out, not just this year, but 
uh, moving forward. Uh, Ryan, just quick questions here about Auburn because I, I'm curious and I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners probably are. Probably not near as many who are interested in Justin Powell, but I'm sure there's still some that are interested in kind of Auburn and the situation going on yeah. uh, down in the plains there. Looking at this past season for Auburn, it, it just I, I, I imagine from Tiger fans that it has to feel like a, a wasted year. You, you had a guy in Shreve Cooper who's a five-star, a, a really highly touted player and a very talented guy who comes in misses you know the first part of the season but when he does come in he, and he plays he plays exceptionally well averages 20 points a game eight eight assists a game four and a half is, uh, rebounds per game and a steal per game in his 12 games i mean that that's extremely impressive especially considering he did that all against you know sec competition mm-hmm. uh, pretty much and then you look at you know they had the, the self-imposed postseason ban they go 13 and 14 if you look at the schedule and they played the the two teams that are playing for the national title this yeah. season they play <laughs> both of them yeah. I, I'd imagine this. What is the feeling with Auburn fans right now? Because I, I imagine that this this whole year just had to have been just a, a big gut punch for Auburn fans, and it, it has to feel like kind of a wasted year for them. I think the biggest gut punch is the fact that we never see, we never saw Sher- Sharif Cooper, you know, in a full season or in the playoffs. I mean, or in yeah, the postseason. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, one of the top talent to ever come to Auburn. You know, highest-rated recruit besides until next year with Jabari Smith, but the top recruit to ever come to Auburn. You know, the eligibility issues. We still don't understand what happened with the NCAA besides his father's an agent, and it was never really explained why he was held out for 14 games. Um, will it ever be explained? Probably not. Who knows? Or 11 games? He's held out 11 games. We'll probably never know. It might have some, you know, things to do with. You know, Auburn and Bruce Pearl in the past, but you never know. With the, you know, with taking it out on a kid is kind of crazy. But you know, with the postseason ban being self-imposed before the year, I think Auburn fans were kind of looking at it as, as, all right, we have a young team. We lost the top six producers from the year before. Uh, there was really no big-time experience uh, that was returning. Uh, we had a rough schedule, you know, you mentioned playing Gonzaga and playing Memphis and playing Baylor at Baylor in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And, you know, we kind of saw it as a building year. And then everything kind of went out the window when Sharif left. Uh, with JT Thor might, might be going pro. He's going to test the waters. Uh, Jamal Johnson uh, and Powell, uh, both um, um, transferring along with Jalen Williams. So that's five guys from this year's team that might be gone. And, you know, it might be a, another rebuilding year with, you know, Jabari Smith and the guys that left over from this year's team. So, but I think Bruce Pearl's earned enough credit and enough, you know, good karma on this campus and with the fan base that even a down year like this year is just seen as an anomaly. If it happens two or three more times in a row, he'll get some hot water. But um, I just think uh, he's won enough he's won the fan base over enough that this season is just seen as, all right, it was a lost season. Let's get it right next year. We lose some players, but have some talent coming in and, you know, things might be better. Yeah. And in your opinion, what does that future look like for Auburn? Because, you know, I don't know if there's any kind of latest news of the Bruce Pearl stuff, you know, in your opinion, what is kind of the future, immediate future looking like for Auburn? And, and you know, is there any sort of, clarity in that that kind of fogginess that's been going on the, with the cloud over the program you know I, I, I'm just curious because like you said they're still recruiting yeah. at a very high level and it, it you know it doesn't seem like they're gonna have two I mean this year 
notwithstanding, it doesn't seem like they're going to have too big of a drop off from what they've had the last couple of years. So in your mind, what does that future look like for this program? It's still foggy as could be. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, when you when we hired Bruce Pearl, we knew he came with some baggage. Um, then the whole Chuck Person thing broke, and that that thing is more concerning than um, I think Pearl, um, just because of the Chuck Person thing, what he knows and what he might turn. Even though that, I think that case is closed now, so uh, he's I think he's in. I think he's serving time in jail now, so that's he deserves it. Anyway, um, not, notwithstanding, but uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I think the future is you know he's recruiting well. If the NCAA ever gets off his case, uh, he'll be able to recruit even better. I think, which is crazy to think right now. But you know, the team does have some experience for next year which is a good thing because they had none this year sometimes watching that team this past year was like watching five five little kids run around with their heads cut off because there was no there was no communication sometimes on offense some rebounding was just a big issue especially on the defensive side and you know pearl kind of handed it to sharif cooper and said hey here's your team and when he got hurt again and wasn't able to play you know Everything went downhill again. So, but I think uh, the future bright. I think they can win. I think they can make the tournament next year. But as far as the NCAA, you never know when that hammer is going might come down, uh, because Lord knows with you know with the situation going at LSU and Kansas and Arizona and Auburn and I mean you can name ten schools where things are going. You never know who's going to be the next one who gets their head cut off. So um, we'll see what happens with Pearl and. Hopefully things are resolved and we can go on our own way. And, you know, you know, Pearl, when he took the job, said he wasn't going to make the same mistakes. I don't think he has. Uh, personally, I don't think he has. Uh, but, you know, you never know with a coach. And, I mean, I used to think Les Miles was the greatest guy in the world. And now, you know, you, you see him and I'm like, geez, what happened with that? And, you know, all these coaches, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, you just – you just can hope for the best. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. It's like you think you know someone who, you know, obviously, you don't think you know them that well, but you think you know a coach and kind of what they stand for and stuff, mm -hmm. and then things will happen. You're like, oh, well, I guess I had no idea um, yep. about who this person was. So, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Well, Brian, uh, judging by your header photo on Twitter, that rave review, I'd imagine you were beloved by everyone in Auburn Nation. Uh, by the way, if one's not, no one's not aware, his, his header photo on Twitter is uh, of someone's comment and saying, uh, who's the worst writer on SDS, Brian Stoltz or uh, Brian Stoltz? So <laughs> yeah. I, I understand that, man. I've, I've got my uh, my fair share of, of hatred from, especially Twitter but and comment sections too. But, but judge by that, I, I imagine you have a good sense of humor. So again, Vol fans go need to, if they want to follow along with what's going on with Bruce Pearl and Auburn, definitely do that. And again, uh, plug your stuff, uh, plug your social, plug your, you know, where you write and anything like that. Um, you know, people can follow you and kind of keep up with stuff. Absolutely. Again, once again, it's auburnwire.usatoday.com. Uh, you know, I do SEC football as well, you know, covering, you know, rankings and stuff like that. For So uh, Tennessee fans should be included. Um, uh, and my Twitter is at, at Brian J. Stoltz, and you can find me there. My DMs are open, so if you want to call me an idiot, more than welcome. <laughs> But Brian, you've been great to have on here, and hopefully, it, you know, Vol fans are coming out with a lot more information about new transfer Justin Powell. And I imagine both Tennessee and Auburn are anywhere close to being done 
with transfers in and out of the program, either one, you know, both in and out of the program, because I know Tennessee's probably going to have a couple more. I'm not sure about Auburn, but I know they're going to go add a few more guys at, at Imagine as well. So it's going to be a very busy, very interesting offseason for really pretty much every SEC school, I think, at this point. But um, yeah, so I, again, I appreciate you coming on here. You've been a joy to have on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. <laughs>